Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of this day, this holy day that we celebrate the birth of your Son, who came into this world to take on human flesh. Lord, pour out your blessings upon us this day. Send your Holy Spirit upon us so that our hearts would be open, so that our ears would hear, and so that your word might dwell within us for all time. All this we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. How many of you like to watch romance movies on Hallmark Channel? I see some hands, if you're not too embarrassed to say that. I've been watching a lot of them, and in fact, since like last July, it's been Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. And it, it just reminds us, we just can't wait to get here. And here we are, celebrating the day that God came into this world in Jesus Christ. I like those romance movies. They... They all have happy endings. They all have an element of, of love where, where a man uh, finds a woman, finds out that he's in love with her, he didn't know it, and she finally prevails upon him. I like the, these movies that have this kind of an element because they all have happy endings. Uh, a week ago, there was another series of movies on that I really like, and that is Tim Allen's series as Santa Claus. The Santa Claus, Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3, Jack Frost. Uh, but I was watching the Santa Claus 2, and we came towards the end of the movie there where, where uh, the woman of his dreams has come to the North Pole uh, to find out that Santa Claus is really real. And, and uh, she finds out that he is actually looking for a Mrs. Claus. That if he doesn't get married, that he won't be Santa Claus anymore. And so she goes, this is what you were doing when you asked me out for pizza? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I was looking for a wife. I just didn't expect to fall in love. And it's kind of a tender moment. But, but then he says to her, he says, now, now don't feel like you're under any great pressure here because, you know, if, if you say no, it just means that I won't be Santa Claus anymore. And then and millions and millions of children around the world won't get their presents. <laughs> And then they'll stop believing in me, and then there won't be Christmas anymore. And that just hit me like a freight train. It, it just stopped me right in my tracks that, that this is the secular understanding of Christmas, that, the, that if there is no belief in Santa Claus, there is no Christmas. I said, no, that's not the story at all. So what I'd like to do today is I'd like to remind you uh, what the story of Christmas is. We've been reading bits and pieces of it over the last couple of weeks in our services. We've, we've gone through it in Lessons and Carols over the last few days. We've been going through uh, the announcement to Mary and, and the announcement to Elizabeth and uh, John the Baptist being born and then Jesus being born. And so I wanted to kind of summarize this story, kind of the Wayne's Reader's Digest version, because if I read all of the text, we'd be here until well into football time. <laughs> but you see, the angel Gabriel came to a very quiet town in the, in the region of Galilee, the, the farther regions of the uh, Jewish uh, country, 
Galilee was kind of like the Ozarks to us. Uh, people from Galilee were not to be regarded highly. But yet Gabriel came to this young woman named, named Mary who was betrothed to a man named Joseph who was a descendant from King David. Now, in those days, being betrothed meant that you were contractually married as well as if you were totally married. Uh, in fact, uh, to uh, break an engagement in those days, it wasn't like today, people get engaged, people get unengaged with the drop of a hat. But back then, it, it was as binding as marriage and required divorce to break. And it, it, was, it had to be divorced with justification. There had to be a good reason for a divorce. And so Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Uh, that uh, meant that they were essentially married in all respects except for having children. That was not to be allowed until the groom came and took the wife home to his house and they were married. The Gabriel appears to Mary and he says, Greetings, you who are highly favored by God. The Lord is with you. And she's wondering, what is this greeting? She's kind of afraid. And, and Gabriel says, don't be afraid. You're going to be with child. And he's going to be the son of the Most High. He's going to be called Jesus, which means God saves. And Mary is not... She didn't fall off the wagon yesterday. She, she knows where children come from. And she says, how's this going to be? I didn't do that. And the angel explains it to her. He says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and the power of God will come upon you. And, and in an instant, you will go from being without child to being with child. And the son that's to be born will be called the son of God. And Mary says, let it be unto me. As you've said. Now, the angel told her also that her elderly cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant. This woman who was said to be barren is now into her sixth month of her pregnancy. And she's going to bear a son. And so Mary goes to Elizabeth's house and stays with her for three months until John's born. And then she goes back to Nazareth. And you can just see the look on Joseph's face when Mary comes back from Nazareth. She comes back from Bethlehem three months pregnant. And Joseph says, I didn't do it. And he's an honorable man. He, he knows that divorce is the only option here. He doesn't want to bring her to public ridicule. She, she could have been charged with adultery and stoned to death in the public square. Joseph wasn't going to do that. He was going to dismiss her quietly for cause. But the angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And you are to name him Jesus, which means God saves. And so Joseph took Mary home. At that point, Joseph and Mary are now man and wife. But Matthew tells us that he did not know her until after Jesus was born. Our reading from today says that at this point in time now, there's this decree from Caesar Augustus that everyone is to go to their hometowns and be counted for the census, to be registered for taxation. 
And so because Joseph is descended from David, he is to go to Bethlehem, the city of David, to be registered there. So he and Mary travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it says that while they were there, the time came for her to bear her son. All these movies that we've seen, like Nestor the Christmas Donkey, uh, that describe uh, this brutal trip in the middle of winter and a raging snowstorm and getting to Bethlehem and having this trouble finding a room at the Holiday Inn because Howard Johnson's was full up too. <laughs> That's not the story that we have here in the Gospel. While they were there, the time came. This was, this was Joseph's hometown. This is where the descendants of David lived. And he would have had cousins and aunts and uncles all over the place. And the rules of hospitality would have said that they would have, they would have been in competition with each other to see who could host the son of David and his wife. Now, Jewish homes in that day were small. Uh, they were typically two, layer, uh, two levels or, or one level with a small room for the, for the family to live in, a room to cook in, a room to store in, and a guest room. And then a courtyard where animals would have been kept. They would have been brought in during cold weather to keep the house warm, to keep them out of the weather. While, it was, while they were there, the time came for Jesus to be born. Mary would have been surrounded by all kinds of Jewish moms eager to help out with the birth. This story about no room at the inn just doesn't measure up. Uh, in Luke 2, 7 here, the word is catalumatai, which we trans, unfortunately, as no room at the inn. But that's not the most common usage for that word. That most common usage for that word is the guest room. If you've got eight Jewish moms eager to help out with a birth of a new baby, there's no room in the guest room for all that to take place. They would have had to move out into a larger space. And they would have moved out into the area where the animals were kept. And so when Jesus was born, they wrapped him in swaddling cloths, cloths that were meant to protect the infant from any kind of injury. And they placed him in the manger. There. The, the most readily available place to put the baby was in the feed trough. Now, while this was going on, there were shepherds out in the fields taking care of their flocks. Now, Bethlehem is the area where all of the lambs are produced to be taken to Jerusalem, to the temple for sacrifices. These lambs are, are meant to be perfect. They have to be without blemish. And so it was customary for these Levitical uh, shepherds to catch the lambs before they could fall to the ground to protect them from injury. They placed those lambs in swaddling cloths to keep them from breaking bones or being defective in any way. And the angels appeared to these shepherds and told them that, Behold, this day there is great joy, good news for all the people because born this day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, whenever I read this passage, I remember the Charlie Brown Christmas movie and how Charlie Brown is in anguish over what is the real meaning of Christmas. And, and Linus reads him this passage. 
And you know, that's the only time you ever see Linus without his blanket. While he is reciting the Christmas story, he can let go. But the angels told the shepherds that the Savior is born in Bethlehem. And so you will find the baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. Shepherds would have understood that. They would have known that, that these cloths were meant to protect Someone who is going to be a sacrifice. Someone who is going to be the Messiah. And they went. And they found Joseph and Mary. And they found the baby lying in the manger just as they had been told. And then they had to tell everybody about what the angels had told them. And how it came true. And everybody who heard what they had to say were amazed. And Mary treasured these things up. She pondered them in her heart. Now, for me, pondering has always kind of had a, a negative connotation. But I think what Mary's doing here is she's thinking back to what Gabriel had told her when she was in Nazareth and how those things had come true. And now here we have another announcement to another group of people and what they were told has come true. I know that whenever I have doubts in my own life that I think back to the times when God has poured out His peace over me. I remember those times and I treasure them. And they give me comfort. I think Mary is doing that here. She's treasuring these things. She's thinking about them. She's remembering them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen because it was just as they had been told. This is the, the story in a nutshell of when God sent His Son into this world. And the reason He sent Jesus into this world was for redemption. He was meant to be the one who was going to take on the sin of the whole world. In fact, John identifies him this way when he points him out. He says, Behold, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came into this world for a purpose. If you, if you look at the big story of creation, we know that, that God was walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. They had been created for relationship. With God, and yet they had decided to do their own thing, go their own way, and humanity fell. But God didn't leave us there. God has been pursuing us ever since then. He, he rescued Noah and his family from the flood. He singled out Abraham to become the father of a great nation, a nation that was to be an example to the world that there is a real God who exists, not just idols who are sitting on somebody's mantle over their fireplace. He brought Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand and took them to his holy mountain and gave them the law. He came down and went before them as a column of smoke in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night. He tabernacled with his people. He gave them the instructions for the tabernacle and his essence filled it. God dwelt with his people. And once again, over the course of time, his people turned their backs on him. We know this story. How they ended up in exile. And how the glory of God went up from the temple and didn't come back. And now, the glory of God has come back. It has come back in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is now the redeemer of his people. He has, he has come into this world as the king to... Seek his bride to prepare us as a blameless and holy sacrifice, 
as, as a blameless people by his sacrifice. I watched a movie last night, another one of these romance movies, where the, the king uh, has a, a, a woman comes into his household and discovers that she's the one. And, of course, they live happily ever after. But uh, it made me think about how Christ has, has coveted us, the church, as the bride of Christ. And we are now simply waiting for the father of the bride to tell the groom that it's okay to take us home. Because the groom doesn't know when that call is going to come. He, he's engaged to the, wife, to, to the wife-to-be, and he goes off and he prepares the home for when he's going to take her home. But it's not until the father says everything's ready, everything's right, that he can go and take his wife home. And so this is what we wait for now, is that the, the king who came into this world and singled us out and died for us so that we could be holy in him, so that his spirit could dwell within us, we could become the new tabernacle. We're waiting for him to return. We're waiting for the father to say the time is right for the groom to come and take his bride. But God came into the world at Christmas, so that all of this might take place. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your glory, for your persistence, for pursuing us throughout time and space to make for yourself a holy people, to make for yourself a church that will become the bride of your Son, the King. Lord, we wait for the moment when you say it is time, when the groom will come and take his bride to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Fill our hearts, Lord. Let us treasure and ponder and remember the things that you've done for us. Let us always have that in our hearts. All this we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.